All right, folks, here we go. Another Sunday has reached us as we get ready for another week of good, of good action. Week four. And it's October 1st, so you know what that means. We're about to start to transition from warm weather to cool weather. And even though it's going to be mostly warm today, it's obvious that this, this is going to get interesting, you know, with these teams. Teams that are still fighting for, for victories, teams trying to stay unbeaten. A lot on the line here today, even though it's still early in the year. And obviously, we'll see what happens. We have only one unanimous pick, and it's hard to think that this is a unanimous pick after what they did last week. So, uh, that for, the Cardinals and the, and the 49ers. So, the 49ers over the Cardinals is the unanimous pick of the choice of this week. Yeah, we don't. There's a, there's a couple games we don't really have to even waste time on, but yeah, this is one of them. The other ones will but give we a still, score. Even though, even, even though we have a unanimous pick, we still have to do the no huddle. The quick no huddles thing because there's still a lot of other games that we don't want you know to get through. So we're gonna go quickly. Four there are four teams still looking for a win and they're playing each other today. So two are almost guaranteed to get off the snide today. We'll start with the with the worst one, the Broncos and the Bears. Both teams are are three and playing each other today. Yeah, this game's a joke, but. Uh... Uh, I mean, Justin Fields is terrible. Every he, He's been exposed. Now we're getting excuses. Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I think uh, I think he's gonna, they're going to have him run the ball a lot today. They, they see that he can't throw the ball. The Broncos are bad. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Chicago here in a minor upset. I'm going to say 19-16. Yeah, these two teams are pretty bad. Both of them coming up big, big ass whippings last week. But I'm going to go against you here. I think Denver, Denver's the better team here. They've tried harder to win compared to to what the Bears have done so far. So I got, I, I, I can expect Sean Payton to to clean this mess up eventually, and today would be the start. So I got Denver winning, and the final score, twenty six to sixteen. Yeah, well, we do have some coaches already on the hot seat, and one of them is Matt Eberflus out there in Chicago, um, and he can't bench Fields. You know, he's—they're not going to let him bench Fields because that's their first-round draft pick, and Fields gets a lot of media praise, even though he sucks. Um, so, well, you know, it's, it's Eberflus. The, the only scapegoat he's got is his offensive coordinator. So, I, I got a feeling after this week, that guy's going to be canned. I don't even know who it is, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, the problem is the front office in Chicago is a joke because, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I told you this before. Matt Nagy, yeah, he might not be a great coach, but he's better than what the hell they have now. Much better than the hell they've had now. Yeah, right. But anyway, all right. The other unbeaten, I mean, no huddle. Quickly, no huddle is the uh, Vikings and the and the Panthers. And this is one of your picks of the week. Your picks of the week here. So go ahead to that. Yeah, it's one of my picks, but it's not my lock. But it is one of my picks from our Wednesday call. And uh, Bryce Young is back for Carolina. I don't think that's even necessarily a good thing. He's looked terrible in the. Well, I wouldn't say terrible, but he hasn't. He's looked like a rookie, and he hasn't played well in the preseason and the, or the first two games of the season. Last week, uh, Andy Dalton started and actually played well. They still lost. Adam Thielen's going up against his former team. Other than that, there's not much intriguing here, but Minnesota can at least score points, and 
even as bad as their defense is, I think Bryce Young is going to struggle. So Minnesota covers the spread, which is up to four and a half now. Final score, 36 to 20. Yeah, this is this is not going to be much of a of an interesting. Well, this could be a more interesting matchup. Obviously, Minnesota has been competitive in all three of their games, but obviously has come off in the losing end. So, unfortunately, we'll see what happens there. Carolina obviously is a team still rebuilding and rebuild and retooling mode. Bryce Young's coming off of an injury; he's going to play today. But I'm going to go with the Vikings and your boy Kirk Cousins. They're better. They should win. I say they win pretty comfortably. I think they put up a lot of points here today. So I'm going with the the bites in the final score, thirty six to twenty. Yeah, oh, same same score as me. Yeah, thirty six to twenty. Yeah, All yeah, right. dude. One thing about this game, I mentioned it on Wednesday. Um, as we this this nine a.m. game, that's I think it's over by now. I don't even know, but the the Falcons were getting their ass kicked last time I saw. Um, yeah, last time I checked, it was twenty to six or seven or something like that. Yeah, and uh, dude, Desmond Ritter doesn't look like he's an actual NFL quarterback. So, like I said on Wednesday, you know, Kirk Cousins to Atlanta. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right, our last one of our no huddle, our no huddle thing is the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Los Angeles Rams. The Eagles will play the Rams next week, but obviously they they remain in the middle little part of the country here today playing Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson's supposed to be back on the back in back in situation. So so go ahead to this matchup. Yeah, like you said, Anthony Richardson's back. That that should help out the Colts offense. Um, this may we'll see. This may be the last game that uh, the Rams don't have Cooper Cup. We'll see. But uh, Puka Nakua has filled in nicely, and Tutu Atwell has played very well, too. So it's not like their offense is bad or anything. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and it's going to be tight, but Matt Stafford is the experienced veteran here. Anthony Richardson's the rookie. I'm going to go with the experience in this one. Rams, final score, 33-30. Well, as much as I would want to agree with you, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that when I look at the Colts, I mean, they, they played pretty decent last week, and they beat my Ravens. And, you know, but obviously Richardson has shown me they've got what it takes to play in this league so far. He's had a couple rushing touchdowns. He looks really, really looks good in, in the start he's played. But obviously he's still a rookie. The, judge, the jury's still out. But the Rams just don't look like a team that – looks scary right now. They just look like they're just getting by. And, and, and you know, they, they, they are what they are. I think Colts can pull an upset here today. I really do. I think the Colts can win this game. So I'm going to go with Indy in the final score, 27-24. Okay. All right, so that's how the no huddle ends. Well, actually, we have one more. We have one more. And this is one of my picks for the week. It's the Chargers and the, and the Raiders. <laughs> no... No Garoppolo today on concussion protocol, so he's out. So they start the rookie. I forgot his name. Aiden O'Connor. He wears Derek, yeah, he wears he wears um he wears uh, the old Derek Carr number. So people and he looks a little like Derek Carr, a young looking Derek Carr. So maybe maybe Raider fans don't know the difference. Go ahead. 
shit. Sorry. Can you can still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, my phone just started ringing. Um, um, yeah, I'm throwing off now. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell. It's we don't know what we're gonna see from him. Uh, the Raiders. Obviously, he's never played a game outside of the preseason, but he looked really good in the preseason. And I, obviously, he looked good enough to win the number two quarterback position over uh, Brian Hoyer. Um, so we'll see how good he is. But the Chargers have Justin Herbert. My my pick in the preseason for Offensive Player of the Year, um, he leads the league in completion percentage, 74.4%. Number two in the league in passer rating, 112.9. Uh, Mike Williams, obviously, is done for the year. Austin Eckler's out. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So the uh, uh, Herbert to Keenan Allen connection is going to be heavy again this week. Keenan Allen had, I think, 15 receptions last week. Look for another big game out of him. Chargers win this one. Uh, I'm going to assume that the rookie, the, the day three rookie, Aiden O'Connell, doesn't have a good game to open up his career. So, Chargers, final score. Uh, I'm going to say 34-13. Well, like I said, this is my pick, one of my picks for today. Obviously, no, like I said, no uh, Derek Carr. Uh, no Derek Carr. No Jimmy Garoppolo for the Raiders. So, I think the Raiders with a rookie back on be yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't know how hard your thoughts with that Hey man, you're like I'm, I, you're breaking up here big time. Oh, sorry. Can you hear can you hear me? Now I can, yeah. Alright. Sorry about that. Uh but I'm gonna go with the Chargers. It's my pick of the week. Five and five and a half points, so i so they should win. So final score, I'm gonna say twenty seven to twenty seven to ten. Okay. All right. Now we're gonna continue here in the AFC. Houston and the Steelers. Steelers are Going, you know, going fully back the other way, but they're playing. They're playing in Houston. JJ Watt is there, being inducted into their Ring of Honor, and obviously, like Andre Johnson, will be the second Texan to be put in the Hall of Fame eventually. But obviously, interesting matchup here. The Texans are coming off their biggest win in a while, destroying the the, the Jaguars, beating them by twenty at home, in their house. But a critical matchup for both of these two teams. I know Houston's not really thinking about playoffs, but obviously DeAndre Swift is the best, has proven to be the best quarterback of the three of the top three at the moment. He won Offensive uh, Player of the Month, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, you're breaking up again, man. Here, Houston. Oh shit! All right, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, like I said, can Pittsburgh can Pittsburgh pull up another road win, or can Houston pull up another upset? Go ahead. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, they're on a two-game winning streak after a terrible Week One. Um, but I mentioned with Chicago, I think their offensive coordinator could be gone. 
Uh, Matt Canada is on the hot seat for at, for the Steelers too. They're up there in Pittsburgh. They're uh, they're calling for his head. He, they, that offense hasn't looked good. Um, they, last week was their best week of the season for the offense, and they put up a whole big twenty three points. You know, which I guess was enough to get the win, but wasn't great. Um, and like you said, yeah, C.J. Stroud he won Offensive Rookie of the Month last this month. Um, he was actually my he was my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, at some point, maybe halfway through the year, we might have to revisit our picks because I have them all saved. So, like all four of us. So, at some point, we have to might have to look at it. But yeah, C.J. Stroud first he's the first player ever in NFL history to throw for 900 yards, four touchdowns zero interceptions in his first three games. He's been very good. Um, and, yeah, like you said, T.J. Watt is is in town, and his brother, J.J., is getting inducted to the Ring of Honor today. So might add a little bit to the crowd's uh, engagement here. But I'm going with uh, Houston, you know. I like what they've done so far. They obviously had that big win last week. It could be a potential letdown game after such a big win, but I think with the whole Ring of Honor thing, it's the, the crowd's going to have them pumped up. I think uh, the Steelers haven't looked that good, uh, and, they're, and the Steelers' defense, you know, in the past has been great, but the last couple of years it hasn't, and I think uh, C.J. Stroud has a big game. So Houston with the victory. Final score, I'm going to say 30-20. to 20. Yeah, this should be interesting. Obviously, the Steelers, they're coming off a, a big road win against their longtime rivals. And obviously, today, they're they're go, they're in Houston today. And obviously, it's going to be big. It's a white family deal. All the white family, their women, their wives, all of them are there. TJ, obviously, a Pittsburgh Steeler. His older brother, JJ, one of the all-time greats, getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. As many accolades you will get in the next couple of years for for his service in the, in the NFL. So obviously, this is a very emotional day for the Watt family. But obviously, I'm going to go with the Watt and TJ because he'll be the best defensive player out there. I don't know much about Houston's defense. They played well enough last week, but their special teams also played well. But at the end of the day, like I said, CJ Stroud has lived a pretty charmed start, but he's still a rookie, long way to go in his career. He's going to have his ups and downs this year. I think he throws an interception. I think he throws two today. Obviously, he'll he'll have his struggles. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think the Steelers are the better team here. They'll go to three and one. Obviously, things are going, you know, Katie Pickett also threw two touchdowns for the first time in his career last week, which I'm surprised he never did. But he'll have a decent day. And I'm going to go with the with the guy, our, our neighbor to the west, the other PA team, and the finals to score. 30 to 17. Okay. All right. So next, next is uh, we're going to go to the NFC South. Obviously, Tampa Bay's coming off a tough, a tough loss to us last week or on Monday night. But obviously, they're playing in Nolens today. Derek Carr suffered a sh- an AC joint sprain on his shoulder last week, which eventually cost the Saints the game against the Packers. They were in control until that happened. But he is in the lineup, barring any setbacks. He's he's in, either in the lineup or a game-time decision. So he is ready to go out here. 
even though he's not 100. percent I don't know how much of a risk that is when you have an injury like that. But obviously, it's going to be very interesting to see what the what the Saints do today in the Bucks. Obviously, a lot to to look into here in this division that still looks kind of nobody's gotten a full control of. But like I said early in the season NFC South battle. We'll see what happens here. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I didn't see about uh, Derek Carr. I, I was I've been assuming that he's going to be out, but. Um... If he plays, we'll see. We'll see how healthy he is. Um, I was looking at this as the, you know, the bust bowl, Baker versus Jamison, two former number one, or Jameis, two, num- two former number one picks, both busts. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. If, if Carr plays, I don't think it's going to affect the outcome, regardless of who starts at quarterback for New Orleans this week. Um, New Orleans' defense is tough, and the Bucks. Just they don't have it on offense. We saw them last week. They, you, go, you put them up against a good D, and they're not going to do anything. Um, on top of that, you look at they're one of the Bucks have basically two players on offense that they can even count on. One of them's Mike Evans, and uh, he's going up against Marshawn Lattimore, somebody who's given him problems his entire career, and now he's got Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball instead of Tom Brady. I mean. That's not a good. Uh, that's not. That's not a good outlook for Mike Evans this week. And then finally, you're talking about Alvin Kamara coming back from suspension, his first game back. So that's going to add a lot to the Saints' offense too. You know, um, last week they had Kendra Miller and uh, I think Tony Jones, some some stiff, playing running back. Now now you throw uh, Alvin Kamara in there, and all of a sudden they got a running game. And a real running back that can catch the ball in the backfield. This is my pick from my other pick from Wednesday. This is also my lock of the week. Uh, New Orleans has given up three and a half. That's going to be an easy cover for New Orleans in New Orleans against Baker Mayfield and this horrible offense. New Orleans, New Orleans wins this one easy. Final score, twenty-three to nine. No, no confidence in the Bucks. Well, yeah, like I said, the Bucks. Yeah, they got off to a two and zero start, but they beat two unbeaten teams. Are combined zero with six, <laughs> and they play the Eagles, and you see where they stand. Not not on that level. And like I said, they're playing the Saints this week. Tough defense, obviously. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I, I disagree with you as far as how this game goes. If you look at this division, it's now a very deep division. Last year was the worst division in the NFL. So I say this will be a, a tighter game than you're expecting. But I do agree with you. I think the Saints will win. And I do think Carl will play. But I don't think he plays the full game. I think Winston will show up eventually because of that shoulder. And Jameis Winston, obviously, is a guy who should know about the Bucks. He's the all-time lead passer. Despite even Tom Brady being there, he's the all-time lead passer in Bucks history. So, you think about it. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a battle, but I, but I agree with you. I think the Saints will hold on. So, Saints win, and the final score, 24-20. to 20. Yeah, man. We'll see. All right. Now, there is a quarterback injury we, have, we do have to discuss, too, and that is 
Well, actually, we're going to go to to the next. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll, we're going back to the AFC. Obviously, a big matchup here. It's a former playoff matchup of a couple years ago, but these two teams have seen each other pretty much every year. The Bengals coming off golf this night last week after their first win of the year. Now they're going to Nashville to play the Titans, who are not playing very well on either side of the ball, especially offensively. And they're on, on pace to struggle here this year. And Tannehill, you know, his future up in the air. You know, Will Levies is going to get a, a look here, here soon if, they, if, he, if, if Titans can't start winning games. Titans only have one win in their last nine or ten games to, total. And now they're playing the defending AFC runner-ups as they start their accession back to the top of the AFC. Bengals and Titans coming up here soon. Go ahead. Yeah, so this is one of the less interesting games of the week. So um, the only reason I even spent some time on the Saints was because it was my it's my lock of the week. But uh, I'll, these these less interesting ones I'll go real quick on as quickly as possible. Um, the only thing I'll say. Yeah, like you said, Tannehill, his future is up in the air, but not because he's going to get benched. They're going to trade him, um, especially if they they start if they lose again and they're sitting at one and three, one and if they lose again next week if he's still on the team, one and four. You know they're going to try to trade him. There's a couple teams that could be interested. Obviously Atlanta with Arthur Smith there and no quarterback. You know they could be interested. The Jets are rumored to be a, a destination. So, you know, he's going to be somewhere that's not Tennessee if they keep losing. Um, and you look at the recent history, yeah, it hasn't, it's not looking that great for him. Um, like you said, they've lost nine of their last ten. Um, last week was the fewest total yards in a game for any team in the last 49 years. Tannehill's been sacked 13 times. Um, but recent history isn't necessarily all against Tennessee, you know. They've won eight straight games in October. They've won three straight against Cincinnati for the last five. Um, And Cincinnati's defense so far this year, they're averaging allowing 151 rush yards per game. And Tennessee's got Derrick Henry, you know. So they're going to try to pound the ball. But I think in the end, you know, Burrow's been injured. Um... I think he'll be able to do just enough, just like last week, just enough to get him a win. They're, right now, Cincinnati's just trying to get wins until Burrow can get back close to 100%, which might be another month or so. Who knows? But they're just trying to get wins. I think they pull it out. So I'm going to go Cincinnati, 26-23. Now, you just mentioned that Tennessee had the least amount of offensive yards since 1974 how many yards did they have um you know what i should have written it down but i didn't it was uh it was like barely anything man like uh Tannehill threw for i think under 100 yards and derrick henry barely even played he, they, they had 40 total snaps and derrick henry didn't even play half the snaps because they were passing the ball every play oh god <laughs> Yeah, the whole game oh, well, was a disaster. This, this, this should be easy for, ten, for for Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati is a much better offense. They're a much more explosive offense. Obviously, you look at you look at this at, at this matchup. I mean, obviously, Tennessee, they're a team in transition too. They're not a really good team. Obviously, like you said, Tannehill is subject for trade soon, potentially. 
he'll be somebody that he'll be a quarterback somebody might want to look after and we'll see what happens there. I mean, but Burrow's still struggling with the calf injury. I still think that that's still going to give him some trouble because I've heard stories about calf injuries and how it's difficult to come back from it. So we'll see what happens there. But I, but I'm going to agree with you with with the with the Bengals winning. I think the Bengals win comfortably just because this game is in Tennessee, and you know I think they can get their act going. They're a better. They're they're a decent road team. They've been a better road team than they've been a home team in the Joe Burrow era. So I expect them to do well here. So I'm going to go with the Bengals and the final score. And I think Jamar Chase has a big day. I think he has a very big day. And the final score, 23-10. to 10. Okay. All right, now we're going to go to my Ravens. My Ravens are playing the Browns and a breaking story. Another quarterback with an injury. Deshaun Watson suffered a shoulder injury in practice this week. He warmed up. He wanted to play, but he, it was not good enough. So they're starting the rookie, Doriel Green, somebody like that. I can't pronounce his name. It's three names. Yeah, Doriel Yeah, he's go, He's making his NFL debut today. He will be in the lineup. But this game is in Cleveland where they have the best. They were giving up the least amount of points at from any place in the NFL this season. Six. The Ravens. They have a lot of injuries. Three O-linemen are out. They, 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 one of the running backs are out. One of the receivers are out. Lamar Jackson basically has to do more than be a Superman at this point. Even though he's had a lot of success against the Browns in his career, this might be a different Browns team than he's placed in, in the past. And this could be interesting because, like I said, only six points the Browns have given up total at home this season. So critical matchup here for both teams struggling with injuries. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, I didn't realize I didn't I didn't see about the uh, Deshaun Watson being out, so that's going to change my what I thought about this game a lot. Obviously, um, like you said, Baltimore's banged up on offense too, and they're going up against the number one defense in the NFL. So that's obviously not good for them. Um, this is also the first of three straight road games for Baltimore, um, so they're gonna they want to start this uh, streak out with a win. Um, now, Cleveland's defense, like we said, is the number one D in the league right now, and they've been dominant these first three games, especially at home. They've played two home games already, won both games. The defense has allowed one touchdown and six total points in two games. In three games this year, the defense has allowed 491 total yards total in three games. It's the third fewest um, to start a season in league history. And uh, they're doing it with a guy who Eagles fans hated because he didn't he, he didn't blitz like Buddy Ryan, you know, Jim Schwartz running that defense there. He's really got them playing, man. And I've been I've said all along, like when they hired Schwartz, the whole time he was in Philly, I'm like, this guy's a good coach. Every all these fans that just want us to blitz every play, they just they're just they're, they're stuck in the past. And uh, Schwartz knows what he's doing, man. He's got them playing. But with uh, with uh, Dorian Thompson playing quarterback, I, I I can't I can't go with Cleveland, man. It's going to be a low scoring game, but Lamar Jackson versus Dorian uh, Thompson or what Green Thompson, whatever. That's that's just a complete mismatch. You got to go with the quarterback in that situation. So I'm going to give it to Lamar and the and the Ravens. 
in a tight one though. That defense, the the Browns defense keeps a minute. Just they can't pull it off. Sixteen thirteen. Think about this: we have five rookies starting at quarterback today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but obviously, two of them because of situation, because of injury. But obviously, when you look at this matchup, like I say, Cleveland's defense has been absolutely unbelievable, especially at home. You can't run on it. You can't pass on it. And that's something that we know that Lamar's good at. He's good at both. And it's going to be difficult today. This is going to be a tough battle. It's going to be a, like I said, this is this is the black and blue division, this AFC North. you got to play really good defense, and obviously the Browns are doing that. And so does the Ravens. Ravens do it pretty well, too. So, like I said, we're going to see what happens here today. You know, we're going to see what, what happens. So, at the end of the day, as much as I want to go with my Ravens, I just think that this Brown team, for some reason, is rolling right now. And they're, they're, it's different. Like like the Detroit. We all saw Detroit and what they did on, on Thursday. The culture's changing a little bit. They're not the laughing stock anymore. They can, they're, they're, if this defense can keep up, they could be tough to deal with. They could get a home playoff game, potentially. So, like I said, I mean, I'm not saying that all the way down there. It's still a long way to go with the season, but Cleveland's already got got wins and got big matchups. So I'm going to think they'll get one here against the Ravens here today. And and, and I agree with you, it's going to be a low-scoring contest. Not much to really look at as far as offense today. So I'm going to go with the Browns and the final score, 19-13. to yeah, it's going to be that kind of scoring, low-scoring battles. Maybe, maybe one or two touchdowns will be somehow getting today. But yeah, all yeah. right, we're going to go to because um, I'm standing up here. All right, where are we going next here? Well, we're going to go to the to the Monday night game next. Obviously, for the G-men, they're back home after an embarrassing after an embarrassing. Beat down in the first in their in their in their season opener, their second home game is also a prime time matchup on Monday night. But at least the uh, the competition might be tough. Might be still maybe not as bad. The Seahawks, Seahawks are playing pretty decent ball here, coming off a big win last week. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Saquon might be in the lineup. He's a game time decision as of now. We'll see if that happens if he plays tomorrow night. But obviously, they damn sure need him because we all know that that uh, Danny Dimes is pretty limited without him. So, critical matchup for for the for the for the Giants and for the Seahawks as well. Two teams that don't want to fall behind in their divisions. So, a critical deal here tomorrow night. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, this is both these night games suck. Sunday night and Monday night, so I'm not even going to waste time. Like, if this were just a regular game, we could almost skip over it. Um, so, bottom line, like you said, maybe Saquon's back, maybe he's not. The Giants suck either way. It's just a matter of how bad they are. Um, it, they, obviously, like we like we said in the preseason, I, I told you, them and the Vikings were both going to be major busts this year. So far, it's come true. Um and that's not going to change. Seattle's at least a decent team. They're not great. They got Geno Smith. He's okay. He's not great, but he does have a lot of talent around him. Um, Seahawks win this one. 
and I'm going to say the final score is going to be uh, 27 to 20. Yeah, I think the Giants will play much better than their first home game. But obviously, you know, that depends if Saquon's in the lineup. And I, and I say no. I think the – remember, he has a high ankle sprain. So that's, that's a hard to, injury to come from. And obviously for Seattle, you know, being on the East Coast – you know, it's a little bit of a struggle, but you know things aren't too bad for Seattle. I mean, Geno Smith has played decent, a decent team. They'll they'll find a way to win. Like I said, this will be a, an interesting game, but I, I agree with you. I think Seattle wins, and the final score thirty to twenty. Hmm. Okay. Now, <laughs> why that is the Monday night game? Also, the Sunday night game is at at, at MetLife as well, just like. Week one, both Sunday and Monday night games are at MetLife, but in reverse. This was supposed to be finally the matchup between Aaron Rodgers, the narcissist, and Patrick Mahomes, the Rocket. But for whatever reason, God does not want us to see Mahomes versus Rodgers. So once again, it's not happening. We get Zach Wilson versus, versus Patrick Mahomes. But that's not the big story. The big story is Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey are a couple. She's going to be at this game representing him and the Chiefs, and that's going to be all anybody's going to talk about. This is one of those nitwit games, nitwit game of the week, as I call it, idiotic nitwit game of the week. Bad quarterback play and just distraction anonymous. Really, a, a game of, of clowns, in my opinion. But who will be the bigger clown? Go ahead. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, coming into the season before it started, this looked like this could be a good game. But now it's a, it's an awful, awful game. Uh, Zach Wilson at quarterback is 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 as bad as you're going to get. So, I mean, the Chiefs are going to win this one. I'm not even going to get into the the nonsense of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Like, who gives a shit, man? Like she, she's just she's she'll be on the, another dude after her album, her next album comes out, and she sells some records. And Kelsey will, you know, he'll he'll get, he'll get laid for a little bit with her, and then he'll move on to a new chick too. So who cares? It's 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 a complete waste, and all that does is bring in a bunch of like I don't even know if they're teenage kid girls anymore. I don't know who listens to Taylor Swift at this point, you know. So maybe your ex girlfriend. Yeah, not really. Not that I know of. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she does now, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's no longer these little teen... These girls, when Taylor Swift came came out, you know, it was a bunch of teenage girls. They're, they're grown up. I would think they've grown up past her shit music, but who knows? Maybe, they, maybe they're still listening to that garbage. Either way, it doesn't matter. Chiefs blow them out. Jets are finished. And this this might finally get them to pull the trigger on a trade. So Chiefs win. I'll say uh, I'll say uh, thirty-one to ten. Yeah, this is. I mean, I I don't, I don't understand why they make a big deal about Taylor Swift. I don't even think she's a football fan. I just think that it's all hype. They they you know Travis Kelsey ran his mouth like he sometimes do, and it became a a, a publicity stunt, a good publicity stunt. But remember, you and I remember, and this was before we met in 2007. The Eagles were playing the Cowboys late in the season, and we were, and the Cowboys were thinking 
big picture. And then Tony Romo was dating Jessica Simpson. And all they did was look at her. All, like, I remember one quarter, they looked at her for basically 10 minutes straight. And it took the Cowboys off, and the Eagles won the game. And they were a much better team than the Eagles were at that time. Not saying that this is going to happen again every time Travis Kelsey touches the ball. They're just going to show Taylor in a in a zone. But I hope they don't. I, I really don't. Because Taylor Swift, she's a big major pop star. I respect that and all that. She's a Philly. She's a, from Reading, Pennsylvania. Big, you know, superstar, whatever. This is, this, she's not the star here. This is the NFL. We care about what's on the field, not what's, who's there. All right? Beyonce could be there at the gate. Who gives a shit? Like you said, who cares? The the big story is, can Zach Wilson actually hang with Patrick Mahomes? And the answer is a hell no. This this Jets defense is going to have it, have it tough. Obviously, I don't see where, where anything offensively goes well for the Jets tonight. The Chiefs will go up there, do their business, and go ahead. And like you said, at this point, the Jets will realize, Robert Sala will realize, Hey, hey, you know, Joe Douglas will tell Robert, you got to get a quarterback in here or, or else. It could be that kind of situation. Robert Sala is a good coach. That's a sad thing. He's a really good coach. You can agree with me with that. But the problem is the quarterback position is a major, major problem. And it's going to be again today, tonight. So, so Chiefs win with Taylor Swift and all of them looking, watching on somebody else's person, grandmother, whatever. Fuck it. Give give the win to uh, the Chiefs and the final score thirty to fifteen. Yeah, well, I mean, Salah it seems like he's a good coach, but we we don't know because he hasn't had a quarterback. So, I mean, until he gets an actual quarterback, all we can say is, oh, well, he's he hasn't had what he needs to win. But I mean, at some he, point, he you've got to actually win. He, he had a quarterback. He only played four plays. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, and, even and if they go out and get Tannehill, like Tannehill's good enough that they should be able to win games. And if they can't, then you got to yeah, start saying, okay, maybe Salah's a defensive coordinator. But, you know, right now he's got that built-in excuse that Zach Wilson is awful. All right. All right. The front-running bowl is next. Everybody's favorite fan bases to love, Cowboys and Patriots. Living off of history now. And, and Patriot fans are going to become Cowboy fans in the next few years. When they realize after a decade, when Brady's gone, they're still living off of, off of six Super Bowl victories that, unfortunately, they will never get. They probably will never get for a long time because they don't have that kind of player anymore. By the Cowboys, you already know their history. They live off of five Super Bowl victories that that's collecting dust in some, some room some room and obviously whatever it's the front running bowl and obviously the Cowboys coming off a surprising loss to a lesser team why the Patriots coming off their first win of the season to a uh, I don't know but this should be an interesting matchup Belichick has had a lot of success against the Cowboys in his career I think he only has one loss combined compared to, to the boys in his own coaching career yeah so an interesting Interesting matchup here, the front-running bowl. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, the difference between these two teams in terms of their future, or I should say 
the Patriots future and the Cowboys over the last like 20 years. I mean, the Cowboys have Jerry Jones, the, the meddling owner that's going to always drag them down, whereas the Patriots have an owner that is going to hire people and let them do their job. So the Patriots will get back to being a good franchise at some point. Um, it all depends on the, the personnel that they have there in the front office and head coach. And I mean, Belichick obviously hasn't uh, done a whole lot since Brady uh, left, but he is one win away from getting his 300th career victory, which would make him just the third head coach in NFL history to get 300. I mean, it's not like he's a garbage head coach. Um, and then you got minor storyline there. Your boy Zeke is coming back to Dallas to play his former team. We'll see how many carries he gets, but you know he's going to look for some revenge that they since they cut him. Dallas in their loss to Arizona, their offensive line's banged up right now. They got three players that are kind of banged up. Obviously, not last week, but the week before, Stephon Diggs. He's done for the year. Um, all of a sudden, that team isn't looking so dominant when they like they were when they played the two New York teams to start the season, two garbage teams. Um, but Micah Parsons, you know, he's off to a great start. Four sacks in three games. Um, he's, having, he's having a huge year, at least. And uh, he was actually, I don't know who else, if anybody, he was my pick for defensive player of the year this year. So that pick's working out so far. Um, nonetheless, this is going to be a, a low-scoring game. Both teams have tough Ds. Uh, the Dallas offensive line's banged up. That's going to hurt Dak in the running game. Um, and and, and New, England, New England has a good D-line. At the same time, Dallas's defense is also really good, and they're going up against Mac Jones, who is a game manager. He's not a franchise quarterback, let's face it. So it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I'm going to go with the uh, – the, the team with the better coach. I'm going with Belichick and the Patriots. Um, I just think they are – I think they'll be able to hang around in a defensive game, and I think uh, I think Mac Jones will be able to dink and dunk down the field and maybe get him a late field goal to win it. So I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Final score is going to be uh, – I'm going to say 19-16. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Katie's manager special was tonight's uh, Sunday night matchup with Chiefs and Jets. I didn't forgot to mention that. Obviously, new to this year, we have to mention everybody's role in our three in our, in our matchups. But anyway, to this matchup. And Belichick has had a lot of success in this league. Like you said, if he wins today, it'll be his 300 regular season victory, which would obviously put him in a, in a platinum stool. Obviously, he's already one of the GOATs as head coaches. And obviously, the Patriots have been decent, but let's face facts. The Patriots without Brady are just another team. They're a decent team, but they're not that team. They're not a contending team like that anymore. And, you know, the Cowboys, you already know what they are. They're they're run by their mealy-mouth, you know, their mealy-mouth owner and they, they listen, he's the judge, jury, and executioner, and nobody's going to win anything as long as he's running the show and running his mouth. The more Jerry runs his mouth, the worse the Cowboys are. We know that. But obviously to this matchup, I think that, you know, like I said, Zeke Elliott is the big factor. Now he's 
he's not the same running back he once was. So I don't know how much he's going to pull into the game plan, offensive game plan for New England. Obviously, this is big because this is a personal game for him. But who could be the best defensive player? Now, Trayvon, you mentioned Stephon, but Trayvon digs. He's oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trayvon is out for the season. But there is a corner, a shutdown corner that's a rookie that could win defensive rookie of the year this year. And his name is Christian, potentially over Jalen Card, but I don't, I doubt it. Jalen, Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, he's We've playing great. We've seen this guy play. We've seen this guy play. He has the tools to be really, really, really good for many, many years. He could be that, that guy. And you got to give a lot of credit to Belichick for finding this guy. Because it's obvious that you need a shutdown corner. And not a lot of teams have that. Not a lot of good teams have that. But the Patriots with Christian Gonzalez has done a pretty damn good job. A pretty damn good job. And I'll give a lot of credit there to Belichick. He still knows how to get these defensive guys out of, the, out of diamonds in the rough. So, but I disagree with you. This game is in Dallas. And I just think that, you know, with everything that goes on, Dak's going to make one more play. And we know he is not going to make money plays, but he's going to make one more play, and that's going to be enough. So I'm going to go with the with the Cowboys. And the final score, 23-19. to 19. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll give Christian Gonzalez credit. He's been awesome. Um, and I'll say I'm not going to give uh, Bill Belichick a lot of credit for that pick because – uh, coming into the draft, you know, he was Christian Gonzalez was, was projected to be like a top six or so pick, potentially the number one cornerback taken. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him, to be honest. I didn't think he. Uh, I thought there was there were some issues there with his play, but then when the draft came around and he dropped all the way to what was it, pick seventeen, um, and then the Patriots took him, I said, okay, well now, now he's going to a situation that works. Like if he had gone to the Raiders. I don't know that he'd be playing very well, but, you know, it's part of the game. But we, we, we know very well that where a player gets drafted also determines how well they're going to play and how good the coaching staff is going to use him. Yeah, we at, know least, that. at least to some degree. And, and Christian Gonzalez, obviously, in, in Belichick's system, secondary system, is working right now. He's, he's done a very damn good job to this point. So, yeah, hey, you know, he had to go against C.D. Lamb today. I could put my money on that. He could do a very decent job. Yeah. All right, we have two games left, and I know unlike last week, we have two games we have to ch- to do quickly. So we're going to the game of the week, Kwame's intriguing matchup, and John's fancy matchup, and that is the, the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Two teams that obviously fight for AFC East supremacy. The AFC East lead is on the line tonight, today. This is starting at 1 o'clock. It's an early game. Obviously a big matchup. Dolphins made history last week. Scored 70 points the first time in the modern era. Will they score enough to beat the Bills? We'll see. But the Bills, after a slow start, has won their last two pretty comfortably. Come off a dominant win themselves on the road. So, big matchup here. My game of the week. Kwame's intriguing matchup. Matt, uh, not your lock of the week. John's fantasy deal all in one big matchup here bow for first place early in the AFC East go ahead yeah I'm calling I'm calling this one the hype bowl and you can see just with everybody picking the same thing um as their game of the week their fantasy game of the week uh 
this game's this game's getting a lot of hype because mainly because Miami put up seventy points last week against one of the worst teams, possibly the worst team in the NFL. I mean, seventy points is impressive no matter who you play. But let's be honest, they played the Broncos, man. It's not like they did it against Buffalo or something. But uh, Miami does have a ton of speed, you know. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert. De- Devon A-Chain, I mean, Mostert and A-Chain are probably the two fastest running backs in the NFL right now. So, I mean, they got speed, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to give the deep Bills defense problem, just like it'll give every defense problems, as long as two is healthy anyway. Um, uh, A-Chain last week, another part of the hype, he went off. He was offensive player of the week, had over 200 total yards. Um you talk about fantasy, everybody's going crazy trying to get him. And I don't think he's going to continue like being this amazing fantasy player. Uh, they're not going to just give him the ball all the time. Raheem Mostert's got a role in this offense. Uh, so on a, in a, from a fantasy perspective, everybody went berserk trying to get Devon A-Chain. And he'll be good, especially if there's some injuries. But for the next couple weeks, I think they're going to be a little bit disappointed. I think... This is a team that likes to pass the ball. Uh, obviously, they got up huge, and they just ran the ball all game last week. That's not going to happen most of the time, especially against a, a top team like Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, though, you know, they had a terrible week one. They've scored 75 points in their last two games. Maybe it's not 70 and one, but their offense has come alive. And uh, Josh Allen is playing well after a terrible first game. And you know what? You look at the his, recent history with Buffalo and Miami. Since Josh McDermott became head coach in 2017, the Bills are 11 and 2 against Miami, 7 and 0 at home. Josh Allen is 3 and 1 against Tua. That's not going to change. This, I think this is going to be a letdown game for Miami. I think everybody's hyping them up to no to no 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 degree, and. Uh, I think this is going to be a letdown game for Miami. I think this is going to be a letdown game for everybody that thinks that this is going to be like some crazy high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be like that. You look at uh, week two, Miami against um, New England. It was tw- the final score was 24-17. I think that's the type of score you're going to see. I don't think it, I, I don't think either team's breaking 30, possibly. You know, so I'm going to say Buffalo gets the victory here. It'll be close. It'll be a good game. But it's not going to be some shootout. 27-24 Buffalo. Well, like I said, this is my game of the week. It's also one of my picks for the week as well. So, obviously, yes, Miami, you're right. The hype train is over the top because of the fact that they scored 70 points. And that's just rare to do. It's rare to score more than 50, let alone 70. But, like you said, they play a horrendous defense. And that's more on... That's probably more on Denver than it is on Miami. But Miami's got weapons, and they throw the ball well, and they run the ball well. And they did both of them well last week. I mean, you can't score 70 in this league. It's impossible, it seems like, nowadays. <laughs> but it happened. And obviously, I, I, I say some of that offense is still going to be there. It's still going to be there wearing around and doing what they have to do here. I mean, yeah, yeah, Buffalo is, is a tough has been tough for Miami over the years and obviously in the Tua era. But let's be honest. The the Miami played Buffalo three times last year and should have won two of them. Or it could have won all three. They did win one, but they should have won the playoff game, and that wasn't even with Tua out there. 
So when I look at Miami and I look at the situation, right now they're they're rolling right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, they played yeah they played New England tough, but remember, most of that was because New England had to come from behind. I mean, Miami doesn't have to put put up seventy to win every week, and they know that they don't even have to put up forty to win today. But they're going to put up points, and it's up to Buffalo to keep up. And like I said, I mean, Buffalo they're they're doing well. Defense played very well last week, by far their best defensive game in, in of the season to this this point. But when I look at it. Can Josh Allen not make mistakes? As long as Josh Allen doesn't make mistakes, I think Buffalo should be in good shape. But at the end of the day, nobody has an answer for Tyree Kill. You and I could be the defensive coordinator and still would not get to Tyreek. He's the cheetah. He's the man. And at the end of the day, he's going to be the difference in why Miami pulls this off. I think Miami's going to go up there. Plus, it's not cold up there. It's 65 degrees today. It's still it's still early in the year. They're they're not getting them late. They're getting them early. So the fact that they're going up to Buffalo early means they're coming down here late, which means the weather's going to be basically the same when they play them again later in the year. So I think Miami's going to cover, obviously, because I picked them, and they're going to win outright. And I got and I got Miami winning, and the final score thirty seven to thirty one. Yeah, well, you know, you can you can say coulda, shoulda, woulda. Bottom line, Miami lost two last year, and I mean that game that they won, that was a tight game in Miami early in, early in the year, which is a major advantage for Miami. So you know, you could make it a case that if that game was later in the year, the, the Bills would have won. So you can say whatever. Bottom line, Bills won two. Um, looks like we got about six and a half minutes left, man. So. We got one game left. Well, we still got we got enough time to do this Eagles game, and, we're, and, we, and they haven't kicked off yet. So let's get to it. Obviously, we don't do we're not going to do this many often here, where we have to hurry it up because the Eagles are only playing three one o'clock games this entire season, and this is one of them. But it's a division game. Obviously, for Jalen Hurts, he has won twenty of his last twenty one starts. The only loss on that streak was here to the Commanders last year. So he's playing the Commanders, who are coming off a terrible loss last week and just got destroyed defensively and offensively. But this should be an interesting matchup. Obviously, the Eagles are coming off a dominant defensive matchup. Offensively, they haven't reached anything that they expected to this point, but this could be the that could change here today. Jalen Hurts seems motivated. A.J. Brown seems motivated. Devontae Smith, everybody seems motivated. This is a big matchup. Let's get to it. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the Eagles last year started off 8-0, and then Washington handed them their first uh, loss of the season. Um, this game, man, this, this game's going to be one and lost in the trenches. Bottom line, you talk about the Eagles, their offense, obviously we're built on having the number one offensive line in the NFL. And then we're going, to, we're going up against a defense in Washington that – Maybe it's not the greatest defense in the league, but they got a ton of first-round picks on that on that defensive line, and their defensive line is good. They're stout. They're stout against the run too. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a battle. We'll see. DeAndre Swift has had over 300 yards rushing in the last two games, so we'll see if Washington can hold him. Uh, and then you look on the other side of the ball, though. This is going to be the even bigger matchup: is the Eagles' defensive line versus Washington's offensive line. Um, 
Washington has allowed 19 sacks this year, which is the most by any team since 2006. Uh, Sam Howell last week, he sucks to begin with. He was sacked nine times against Buffalo. Um, and then you talk about the Eagles' D-line. Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, they've been dominating the interior of that defensive line. Um, 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 Josh Sweat has played well. I think this could be the game we talked on Wednesday. We mentioned that we haven't seen much from Hassan Reddick so far this year. Um, I did see something. I didn't, I didn't even think we didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it, but he's been playing all year with a cast on his hand so far. He finally got that cast off, and he says he feels great with it off. Uh, going up against an offensive line that is not good, this could be his. This could be the game that he really breaks back out. Maybe he has two, three sacks. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think in this game, uh, the Eagles are going to have a tough time running the ball. So I think Jalen Hurts is going to have to actually throw the ball this week for the first time. You know, have a big game passing. And I think he'll come through. And I think Washington on the other side of the ball, I think their offense isn't going to do a thing. I think that defensive line on the, from the Eagles is going to feast on Sam Howell. I, I, I almost feel sorry for this guy that he's going up against this team. Man, he, he's in for a beating just like he got last week. So... I'm going with the Eagles, and I'm going to say the final score is going to be 27-10. to 10. Yeah, I'll make this quick. Obviously, when you look at this matchup, like I said, Jalen Hurts has won his last 20 of his last 21 games, and his only loss last year in the regular season was against Washington. I don't think that's going to happen today. I think Washington's coming off a tough – they're reeling. They're coming off a tough game. And obviously, Sam Howell, this is the first time the Eagles are facing him. I think outside Terry McLaurin, I don't think anything's going to happen today. They can't run the ball. Brian Robinson's not going to be able to run the ball. We've proven that. And they're going to have to throw it. And I don't think outside McLaurin, they're going to have any success. And obviously, defensively, yeah, you, yeah, they have a tough, you know, they have, you know, guys over there. But they're, they're not like our D-line. They're not anything like ours. So, I think Jalen's going to have a decent day throwing the ball, running the ball. He'll run it himself a lot, like he does. And I think, you know, A.J. Brown has a touchdown or two, potentially. I think he has a big game. So, I think the Eagles are going to do well. I mean, the score may not be the greatest, I'm about to tell you, but they'll do enough. Eagles win, go to 4-0, final score, 34-17. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that the the Redskins have this amazing D line. Um, when you look at them compared to ours, they, they're they're extremely stout against the run, but they don't necessarily have the pass rushers we have. They can get after the quarterback some, but they don't have like some dominant pass rush. Yeah. All right, that's all we have. They're about to kick off here, and we will we will come back on Wednesday. Big match, a big big look back. Obviously, with Kwame and John joining us, fancy questions, FU segment, surprises, disappointments, all that good stuff. We'll talk about while I get going with my uh, with the with the survive suicide pool. We'll see all that. Have a good game. Enjoy the games, and talk to you Wednesday. Yeah, man.